And good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 178 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. So this week we're, we're, we're recording on a Saturday and we're also going to be recording this coming Tuesday because we got plans with our good friend Brian Hulser and we got some Schaefer news. I'm really looking forward to that, but this week what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about one of my favorite pen brands and one of the pen brands that got me really interested in higher end, let's say above $150 fountain pens made of acrylics and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about those pens. But before we get into that topic, I have to go over our sponsorships. And as you guys know, I am in love with Paris, France. We went to vacation twice this year to Paris, my wife and I, and Party. we just uh, enjoyed it so much. And what does that have to do with sponsorships? Well, France is not sponsoring the sponsored podcast. But if you go to the affiliate link in the description below, you can use coupon code Paris, Paris. At checkout for additional savings on many of the products on Gold Spot Pens. Again, use the affiliate link in the description below. And at checkout, use coupon code PARIS, common spelling, and get yourselves an additional discount as well as help out the Pentertainment Studios. I know. And just a side note that Gold Spot is located in the United States, not in France. So immediate shipping for everybody that's in the United States. Right. Yes. I just just in just case people that. are not, you know, uh, let's say they're listening to episode one seventy eight as their first episode of the Pentertainment podcast. Right. Just right. Yeah. So, yeah. Gold Spot is located in New Jersey. It's located in Mattawan, mm -hmm. New Jersey, but we're yeah. using coupon code Paris because I loved my time in Paris. The two times I went, my first time in Europe was in May in Paris, and we went again in August. Was it August? Yeah, I think it was August. You liked it so much, you went back in the yeah months. Yeah, and we're actually scheduling another vacation next month. I'm sorry, next year. So oh, we're going to do that. Next month. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wish I had that ability just to be on vacation mm -hmm. in Paris all the time. But yeah, coupon code PARIS, the affiliate link in the description below. Now, I also want to talk or, or am supposed to talk about our good friends over at Luxury Brands of America. Now, Luxury Brands of America are distributors for many brands like Benu. They're a distributor for Noodler's Inks, Platinum Pens, Colorverse. we all love Platinum, Colorverse, Nebula Notebooks, Endless Recorders. They're an awesome distributor, and their minds are very open to other things. They're not the distributor for Retro 51. Retro 51 doesn't have a distributor. They distribute for themselves, right? Right. Okay. But luxury brands of america cares a lot about the rainforest so much so that they have designed their very own retro 51 rollerball now i i have to read this whenever just remember oh, I though, see. right we're, we're gonna we're oh. gonna get to that point yeah right right i, I won't okay. spoil it so this, this one it's a very this one unique is... identifying characteristic can I, can I read the, the yeah, thing? Yeah, absolutely. All right. yeah. So it's dated whenever. That means the sponsorship read is for whenever. Introducing the new edition Rainforest Retro 51 Luxury Brands exclusive tornado. So it's exclusive to Luxury Brands. You can only get it at the Luxury Brands website. I'll leave the link in the description below. It's a very cute pen. It has animals of the rainforest wrapping around the pen and a tree frog perched on the finial. 
Mm. I think that's adorable. This Retro 51... <laughs> this Retro 51 is sure to be one of a kind. Now, actually, I'll tell you why it is one of a kind. Because a portion of the proceeds from the purchase of this pen will be donated to the Rainforest Trust to help protect endangered animals and landscapes around the world. It's limited to 500 individually numbered pieces worldwide. So you can purchase it directly at Luxury Brands of America. And it's a really cool. It has a very Amazonian look with the tree frog and everything like that. I love the brush clip. It looks really nice. I'm not the biggest fan of non-fountain pens, but I do love the Retro 51 rollerballs. I have several of them, as you know, Tom. Oh, I get them all from... like candy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard to resist. Yeah. I well, love one the thing, pencils, though, too. One thing that... I had heard some interesting feedback on about this pen that would make it even more unique is that if you lick the frog on the top disc finial, you'll actually have some hallucinogenic episodes. D don't say stuff like that. They're going to no, believe it. It's not true. <laughs> if you lick the frog on the finial of your Retro 51 Rainforest pen, all you're going to be doing is licking Just the licking finial pen. it will I, it offers you no psycho psycho psychosomatic no is that the right word or psychoreactive no or... no psychoreactive or hallucinogenic properties on this pen but please check it out at the luxury brands website there is no coupon code for that that one is exclusive that one is coming directly from luxury brands and you'll be doing a good thing i'm going to repeat what i repeated last time because i felt like it was so awesome how many times did you wake up and you say to yourself damn it rainforests ruined my day but i tell you this rainforests around the world in the history of people if they could speak could definitely say people have ruined the rainforests so mm -hmm. let's try to make that up let's purchase some of these rainforest pens and protect rainforests tree frogs birds cute animals and all that good stuff okay all right, so moving yes. on, we're going to go into episode number 178. We're going to discuss a pen that is one of my favorite brands. You'll have to wait till after the intro to discover what it is. Now, before we get started with this week's episode of the Pentertainment Podcast, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. Okay, so the pen I want to talk to you about is this ginormous pen right here. Do you recognize this pen? Yes. For those of it you is... who are not watching and listening to the podcast, I'm holding up an Edison Collier. Okay? It is quite the chatoyant Collier. It's a very chatoyant color. It's a swirly blue. Do you remember what this one is called? I think that's the blue steel. The if blue I'm steel. Not mistaken, I think that's okay. blue steel. Okay. So, I I really really do appreciate this pen. I love how comfortable this pen is when you're writing with it. Now, this pen is your standard cartridge converter fountain pen. It has a Yovo nib that has a Yovo nib feed and a Yovo nib unit housing that you can unscrew and replace with other Yovo nibs, your other Yovo housings. You can even pull out the feed and nib if you wanted to and stuff like that check out that that's the scroll work the standard scroll work and one of the things that i liked uh, i specifically like about the edison brand was well first of all i want to talk about my history with the edison brand so edison i think years ago 
was kind of one of the first high-end acrylic pens that I purchased that made me think, oh wow, acrylic is way better than metals and stuff like that. Because years ago, I had a bunch of fountain pens. They would be like cross pens and Parker pens and pens that are kind of just made out of metal, lacquered. Brass and, over with lacquer yeah, over it, yeah. Inexpensive. And then what happened was I started, you know, Googling more into the fountain pens and looking stuff up. And then I came across a lot of Brian Goulet's videos. And after watching several of Brian Goulet's videos, I'm, I'm realizing, holy cow, he has a website. Let me go check out his website. And one of the pens that I, one of the brands I saw was Edison. Now, at that time, I didn't know much about Edison at all. But it sounded like it would be a luxury, expensive brand, Edison, for some reason. It just sounded to well, me. I mean, it's, it's got Thomas Edison's, like, history, and is that that's name's been drilled into your head since you've been in school. Right. So, you know, it's well, it wasn't, the light it wasn't bulb, just super that. genius, you know? No, no, it wasn't just that. What it was was, at the time, the website had images of the Edison pens. And one mm -hmm. of the ones that I saw that was like, oh, wow, that looks like it's going to be out of my price range, or it looks like it's too much of a commitment for me. Okay. And it was of the Edison Nouveau, the, the Goulet exclusive. And there was like right. the coffee swirl colored. Okay. And I looked at that and I thought, wow, that looks really classy and... It just, just decadent, yeah. It looked really mm -hmm. decadent, and then I started looking at it, and I'm like, "Wow, these these pens are kind of cool." I didn't understand at the time why it mm -hmm. was this pen was one hundred and forty nine dollars, right? So at the time it was one forty nine. But did you it think that is. that was going to be too much or too or or little uh, based on? Well, what? no, it because... it seemed like a lot because you know if you look at other acrylic pens that were not as much of a commitment to me, like you got your Conklin Durographs and stuff like that, right. they're half the price. So I'm like, mm -hmm. I wonder what the hell it is. So I ended up picking this one here. This one is the Edison Nouveau. The, yeah. uh, I forgot what they call this color. That's like, it's like Caribbean looking color. I forget. Yeah, it's, like, it's called the Caribbean call. Blue. That's what it was. Or Caribbean Blue. I think that's what it was. This pen started off as a limited edition, and then Goulet made it as a regular edition. Mm -hmm. So, remember, every pen that I got before this was kind of like a private equity firm-owned pen it, uh, company. It was like Cross or Parker, and I had one or two Conklins, and I decided to purchase this pen. This pen at the time was 149 So, I anxiously awaited it. It came in the mail, and then I wrote with it. Now, the, the nib I got was an extra fine. It didn't write like an extra fine. It was more closer to fine. But what I remember yeah. feeling was there was like a certain je ne sais quoi. I don't know how to say oh, that. You know, I was just actually going to say that. Uh, I was going to say that, but I thought that it. would have been too pretentious of me to say that. Yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was a certain quality about the way the Edison Nouveau wrote that I was like, mm -hmm. ah, this is probably why it costs $149. Mm -hmm. And I, I wrote with this pen a lot because the, the, it was just such a comfortable writer. The grip section was concave, is concave. It right. writes so well. But what was confusing to me 
at that time because like I said all I ever experienced or all I bought were private equity firm owned pens pen companies like Cross and Parker I was like this pen feels so incredibly light it's just it doesn't make sense how is this so expensive it's so light because at that time I was ignorantly thinking weight had to do with quality I was wrong and it would post I was concerned about the the cap rim fracturing after mm -hmm. posting it because I had a Conklin Durograph before this and what happened was after a while the Conklin Durograph the cap would fracture they fixed right. that issue it, it must have happened more because now if you look at it you get the like way hairline the, cracks and the, the yeah the, but yeah. but what they did now is they tapered the inside so it doesn't sit so flush against the the end of the pen i was worried about that it's been many years that never happened with this pen this pen i think i've talked about it before with you this pen is always going to be in my collection this pen was kind of like a gateway drug for me Ooh. this pen ended up being the pen that convinced me acrylic is better at least in my opinion acrylic is way better than like metals and stuff like that and mm -hmm. after that i just i couldn't stop looking at different acrylics i i became obsessed with acrylics and then like i said the writing experience of this and at that time i didn't know the difference between yobo nib bach nib nibs made by in-house companies and all that stuff i just mm -hmm. was really impressed with the way it write it had like a hint of toothiness it had a hint of drag, but it was still smooth at the same time. It was so incredibly satisfying. Yeah. Now, at that time, I hadn't reviewed pens. I haven't started a channel. I was just using them to write because at the time I was writing so much. And then I moved on and I kept exploring and I discovered a YouTube channel by Matt Armstrong, The Pen Habit. And he habit, was, yeah. yeah, he was talking about the Edison Collier. And I'll quote him. He said, this is a honking pen. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. A honking pen. Yeah. So it's a giant pen. So I looked into it. And like everybody else who buys stuff, you do review, you watch reviews and stuff like that. And I watched the review on the Collier. And what he said about it also was the threads are so smooth, you end up just fidgeting with it. And I do. I do that all the time. <laughs> I just love the way... The cap just unscrews and screws because it's so friggin' smooth. Yeah. So I got the Collier. One of the things I love about the Edison brand is that at the time, Brian Gray, the owner of Edison, he would always make sure he tuned and checked every nib that he sold. And as a result, when you get it, you get a consistent feedback a consistent smoothness to every nib that you buy from him i've never had an edison dud ever and if you've ever if you know anything about brian gray the guy is extremely extremely borderline ocd anal retentive when it comes to quality control with his pens and we had him on the show i think a couple of years ago mm -hmm. and that's his personality that's the way he is i remember he checked audio then double checked audio then yeah. got on with us then double checked audio again just to make sure that it's all well and good so he's very meticulous and yeah. it shows in 
the designs and the craftsmanship of his pens. I don't know now if Edison pens, if Brian Gray himself actually does all the tuning. I haven't bought one in a long time. I mean, for the custom ones, I think they do check them, but I don't know if he personally himself does it as much anymore as because mm -hmm. he has a whole team. It used to be just him in a, a uh, his garage turning out pens and, and doing all the work, but then he has a team now, so... Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's just it's a totally different scale when you're dealing with not only just your custom orders, but then selling them to retailers using the production line. Right. I remember being so confused about what's the difference between the production line and the and the signature line. Why is the signature line double mm -hmm. the price and stuff like that? And so the Collier, going back to the Collier, I really love the Collier. I love the way it writes. I love the feel in the hand, and the reason why I love the feel in the hand so much is because it's so bulbous it's honking yeah so honkin'. it's honking as matt armstrong mm -hmm. said and the section is concave makes it making it very comfortable there are two mm -hmm. things that i don't like about this pen rather one thing i don't like about this pen and one thing i don't like about the brand that i'm going to share with you okay. okay okay first the thing i don't like about the pen and the only thing i don't like about the pen is its inability to be capped and that's it but it's such on the back end yeah right posted mm -hmm. it's such a large pen that you're not really missing out and the only no, reason not. i don't yeah i don't the only reason i want to cap something is not because i need to cap every pen i have it's just because mm -hmm. i'd like to have the option whether i do it or not a lot of times i don't right. a lot of times i do it depends on how i feel or it depends on if i am gonna just hold it or if i'm gonna write for a long time because if you're writing for a long time you put it down and then you forget where you put it when you're stupid like me and if you're just gonna write really quick, you don't post it. You just write quick and then you cap, right? right? So that's the thing that I don't like about this pen. And it's such a nominal thing that, fuck it, who cares? The no, thing I don't it, like it's about- It's important though. It's important because, yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about cap uh, post, posting my caps too. The, mm -hmm. the pen that has changed my mind for it where I was just, I was just like, I have to be okay with it is the Narwhal. The, the Nautilus because this has no chance of posting whatsoever but yet I felt like the length and the the size of it is more than adaptable for me to feel comfortable writing with it I don't feel like it's too small or right. not balanced enough with the cap on and I've been able to handle it I've been able to manage and I feel that I grow from this mm -hmm. experience that you know sure. I, I have now I could let's say feel comfortable with writing with a, a 149 which i have now without posting the cap and then uh, other pens like the yeah uh, i had gotten it um i had gotten it sometime i think it was in december of of this last year and uh and then uh, like the bocamundo pens really after they get that arushi work and the rodden work they really shouldn't be posting the cap because then mm. you could you know sc start screwing up the finish there uh so this is kind of gotten me to accept the fact mm. that some pens just can't be posted just not post them you know it's just mm -hmm. it, it's it's something that you have to you know from from a poster's point of view which i am definitely a poster i will post it if it can be posted but i have learned to accept the non-posting mm, i see okay me too. So what's the other thing that you don't like about the Edison Collier you were going to mention? Or the Edison the, the Edison brand, I think you... Oh, the thing I don't like about the Edison brand is... I, I'm going to be brutally honest, and it's not really that big of a deal, but 
the acrylics, I mean, listen, this acrylic is really pretty, really chatoyant, really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they have a lot of pens that look that way. And a lot of the signature line pens, you have a whole selection of acrylics. And you have a yep. whole selection of different materials that you can use. Right. But a lot of the materials that are being used, I guess what I don't typically like to see is it's recycled throughout the industry very often. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're stock acrylics made in Asia. They're really cheap. I'm, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you end up seeing different brands, several brands, handfuls of brands, use the same acrylic. And a good example would be, like, for example, this one here. This is the Newark. This has shown up on many different pens with many different prices. Some pens in the low 50s, some in the in the high threes like this pen was all this color was also used in a visconti pen i believe right wasn't it the one with the bikini the bikini nib or something like that the bikini oh yeah no. the vertigo or something like that i can't remember perhaps, i might be wrong perhaps yeah maybe it was the bikini and what I, what what i what i think is this like i'm not saying that the edison craftsmanship isn't deserving of its price it certainly is at 149 and it's uh, i just checked the website the collier and the edison production line fountain pens are all 149 and to me that's a fantastic price mm -hmm. you know what else is also 149 leonardo pens right and i don't know if leonardo pens as often use stock cheap acrylics as like Conklin or Edison, um, but they we're usually use European... let's say a Memento Zero. So I don't. Mm -hmm. I think that they've. Uh, I want to see like that they've gone up in price a little bit more than one forty nine now. But really, uh, they're they're like one sixty. Uh, oh, like okay. On, on Goldspot website, they're 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 original. Like so, if let's say for example it was an exclusive, uh, it was like a limited run. It'd be two hundred, but most of them are discounted down. the The regular collections are discounted down to. 20% which is 160. Oh, okay. So All right, but the uh, but I mean... to your point though is that prior to last year actually Edison's were around were actually the production miles were 169 because they had to increase in price. But then since Brian had established uh, the the new machines, the, the the new warehouse that he had moved into and has gotten into a great flow of being able to produce more with the production line is that they were able to put the price down which is something that's kind of unheard of especially right this day and age where people are just finding any and all excuses to raise prices because you know everybody's getting caught in that pinch right now but mm -hmm. the uh but edison was able to put the price back down to a reasonable 149 for acrylic pen which i think is fantastic it's, i it's very, i think it's fantastic i do it's it is very competitive because you could you could get away with charging two hundred dollars for this pen, right? Mm -hmm. This pen, the quality packed into this pen, the craftsmanship packed into this pen, is just absolutely superb. I absolutely uh, love. Go ahead. To soften maybe your uh, uh, your criticism of the the stock acrylics, which I totally understand, mm -hmm. and and seeing that the the signature edition the signature models do come in a lot of different styles that you could pick from and mm -hmm. what has been added recently is that he has been working with jonathan brooks 
He has been working with Tim McKenzie and Jennifer Early, Stormwinds Blanks. He's been working with different resin manufacturers to add particular resins. But you know, to, to then counter what you were saying about the production line being such a great value, that's a signature line. If you want to get any of those types of materials that are the handmade uh, bespoke materials that you would get in the United States, they come at the higher price point because you would have to get them custom. But mm. in certain cases, like the, the one pen that you have, the Edison uh, Newark in the Conductor, that's a Tim McKenzie diamond cast material that then was commissioned by Goldspot to make a run of those at the same time not at the 149 price point that is at the the 200 price point especially since it has right. like the rose gold accents they come in more expensive because of the use of these uh, handmade materials that are done in the united states right okay so let me let me clarify i understand why tim mckenzie's materials is going to cost more i understand why jonathan brooks materials is going to cost more because they're custom made and all that stuff yes so they're a higher price what I was actually referring to is if you go on the Edison, I don't know if it's still the same actually, so correct me if I'm wrong. If you go to the Edison website and you order a Collier, right? That's not in the production line, but let's say you you wanted the Collier in a different color. Right. And the color you choose is also a stock acrylic, an inexpensive stock acrylic. You still get charged $300 about because it's mm -hmm. you're choosing an acrylic. You understand what I'm saying? So right. I go to the Edison, let's say I wanted a color that, a color that's a stock acrylic. I just want that color in a Collier, which I have ordered. I ordered a Kelly Green Collier that was never in the production line. Mm -hmm. the, the price being 300 just felt a little bit high. Too much. Yeah, yeah it just felt a little too much considering the fact that it's a stock acrylic and it's the exact same pen. Now. That's my ignorance. I'm going to admit that right off the bat because I'm sure they go through a different thing in order to make the one pen out of the stock acrylic. But mm -hmm. after that pen, if I'm going to buy a Collier, I'm going to go with the one for $150 and just pick from the production line models. It wasn't worth it yeah. to me to spend double the price to get it in the Kelly Green that I selected for it to be the exact same pen. Okay. Well, I had a similar how experience to you because how I was introduced to the Edison pen brand was finding out through a lot of the discussion boards talking about Edison pens and Goldspot at the time did not carry Edison mm -hmm. and I was looking for Edison was also my first foray into the higher than $100 price point and I went for at the time he wasn't selling any production models he was just doing everything custom so mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, you know what? This is really cool just to be able to pick out the exact color that I want and and know that it was handmade, that it, mm. that no one else has this particular pen. So I I actually still have it, but I gave it to my daughter because I had her um, actually had her birthday engraved on it. it. Was like when it was right around the time that she was born, and she's now fourteen. So. It, it, so it's it still is a, a good writer. I, I'm hoping that she's still taking care of it because it it mean it meant a lot to me at the time, mm -hmm. being that that was like the first really to me very expensive pen to invest in, and then not getting you know it was not getting any special discounts or anything back then. Like I paid full you know full rate for it, but I felt that because you could 
select exactly what you want you know that somebody is taking you through the whole entire process and and mm. you know making it for you and stuff that to me just was in itself worth the additional you know cost involved because you just sure. knew directly you're supporting him too so yeah yeah i understand i understand that there was something that i was going to say that while you were that you triggered something in my brain and mm -hmm. because i'm dumb i already i already forgot it <laughs> shit it's all good yeah it was certainly about edison but mm -hmm. i'm going to i'm we're going to finish this episode later and i'm going to be like fuck i remembered oh, that, that was, it was that so was it. Yeah, oh. you were. I can't remember what you were talking. What I was gonna, what I was gonna talk about. Fuck. It was really. It was very relevant, though. Oh, but, if you go on to the. I mean, I think it's really worth it if you want. I mean, especially you could do some crazy stuff too, because uh, he has things where you could do like visible ink level uh, oh, modifications. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. Okay. No. 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 So as you were talking, you said, "Oh, it's really great to have a handmade pen." Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna, even though I've been in fountain like in the fountain pen hobby for many years now and stuff like that, do you at times think that you got to stop drinking out of green cans because it gets keyed out whenever you pick it up and it looks like you're drinking like it's weird like an invisible drink. But I wanted I wanted lime. I forgot. Sorry. Okay, but listen, <laughs> do you think that the use of the term handmade gets used mm -hmm. in situations where a pen isn't handmade? This might sound very ignorant and. Correct me if I'm Got wrong, it. but I don't think Edison pens are should be considered handmade because I've seen videos of how the Edison pens are made. Right. Sure, he takes his hand and puts the rod in the machine, but then turns on the machine, the machine does all the work. So does that really qualify as handmade? What is it about the process that you know of that would qualify it as handmade versus well, another pen brand, for example, if you take a look at a Namiki and they paint the stuff on it, it's hand painted on, right? Right. What is actually handmade and what qualifies a fountain pen to be handmade today? Okay, so I've walked through a few pen factories before. And when, we, when we went to Germany in 2019, I got to see really the, 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 some of the differences that mm -hmm. are in the manufacturing process. So when you're dealing with acrylic, it's a subtractive process. You take a rod and then it has the rod has to be turned into a pen. Mm -hmm. So when that happens, you could either do it a few different ways. You do on a manual lathe, which basically just spins the thing, and then you have to subtract the material using some sort of, like, I don't know, like a, a die tool or whatever, like, blade, something that, that carves the material as it's spinning. That way it creates its shape. But with a company like Edison, who has now graduated to the aspect of supplying pens for the whole, you know, retailers and worldwide is that they've upgraded to CNC milling machines, the computer-controlled uh, machines, which basically then take the same rod but have a computer-controlled program of which Brian Gray had spent years programming these things so that down to the very last spec, they are turned out to be the, but the, to be the way that they're, they are, like the shape. But that's not the end point of the journey. It's basically you're just given the shape of the pen and a lot of scraps from the material just flying all over the place. So then they take each pen and then they have to buff each pen because of course it's even with like the demonstrators and everything, they have to be smoothed out because all the CNC machine will do is just create the shape for you. It's not gonna give you that glossy polish and the, the feeling on the threads. You know from when you've capped a pen that just feels like, you know, it's really difficult to cap or it missed threads and everything. 
that's one of the things that that really detail polishing you know helps out a lot with if you spend the time in polishing those threads then they'll be much easier and then also too is in making sure that the program does it uh, appropriately and that the machine's well calibrated for it there's a lot of there's a lot of aspects that go into that whole process as opposed to let's say if you're doing something that's like injection molded if you're doing something that's injection molded all it basically is you have a you have a a, a die of how uh, like a, a metal frame of like how everything is supposed to happen and then the plastic gets just melted into there and then out pops the pen and you just basically take the the pen out of it's kind of like seeing like a, a model kit where it's just like everything was was fused all together and then you just have to pick it out of the parts actually it was pretty fun in the pelican factory they're making ink cartridges so the empty ink cartridges come on like this little wheel and spoke sort of thing where all the cartridges are kind of attached to each other in a wheel sort of thing but then they go through a big tumbler where that that the the tumbling removes the cartridges from where the injection points are for the, for okay. the resin so if there's the, so basically you know like that would probably also go through a little bit of a polishing process but a lot of it is more hand done in the acrylic process um, so and then also too is that it just depends on how much wait wait extra wait. testing and what's up. All right. So so what process in the Edison pen manufacturing or any pen that says that claims handmade is mm -hmm. the part where handmade qualifies? Is what I'm asking. Is that the polishing that you're talking about? The finishing? Yeah, I would say it's the I would say it's the finishing of it, the finishing aspect, and then the testing aspect of it. But yeah, that's that's the basically like you would have to it's it's you would have to then take the pen and then finish it like after after it's done in the cnc machine but like but like it's not like it's not like you know the cnc machines are pre-programmed to make pens like you have to figure out like how am i going to tell it to make this thing right but that's programming and, that's different from hand right. making it's like you could say it's right. programmed and but you can't really say handmade even if they finish the hell out of it can't you just say hand finished hand finished hand assembled right because if you say it's right, handmade if you say it's handmade, that's not very accurate, is it? Like, is anything handmade nowadays, right? Is anything? Well, I mean, if you type on a keyboard, isn't that handmaking something because you're still making it with your hands? No, the word type is replaces that. <laughs> oh, my, my cats are But you're typing right with now. your hands, sir. <laughs> right, right. right, but like, you know, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to be right. a naysayer. I'm just saying. Well, when it's you kind say of like something... a general blanket term. It's not necessarily have to be. I mean, I think mm, most that's what I'm saying. These it's realize that nothing it's a is little really bit, that handmade. Right, but it's a little bit broad, right? So, right. is it really? Is it? Let's. I'm not trying to nitpick or be an asshole. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. if you take a pen that was made by a CNC machine. Mm -hmm. And then you take that pen after it's made by the CNC machine, and then you finish it by polishing it and then testing it. And testing it is part of the finishing, right? Wouldn't you say testing qualifies as finishing? Or is testing something else? I would say it's part of finishing. I think it would be part of the finishing aspect. Mm -hmm. But, but like also more... taking into account, too, is that, let's say the Lamy Safari, for example. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the Safari I had seen in the Lamy's Heidelberg factory... And not only is that injection molded, but then what they do is everything that happens afterward, after that the body of the pen is made, the assembly and the and the nib alignment and testing, all done robotically. 
but it's amazing wow. seeing this happen because it, yeah. it's like this thing just does not hit does not does not skip a beat like you can mm -hmm. actually see each of the pens just passing through and gets laser calibrated so that so that the nib if it's just slightly off of alignment a laser hits it and then warms up the material and then just gets it to be in alignment it's just it, it's just like it's so it, it but that is definitely the the opposite end of what I would define as being handmade. There's no well, yeah, that's clearly not handmade. No. I'm just saying, is the Edison signature or production? Either way, are they truly handmade? That's what I'm asking. Or more, is it more accurate to call it hand, hand finished, hand assembled? Yeah. Which would you say well, if I mean, you had on like? So I'm making you make. I'm making you. I'm drawing a line in the sand, and I'm making you choose. Would it be more accurate to call it hand finished, hand assembled, or handmade? Oh, absolutely. Go. It'd be more accurate. It would be more mm -hmm. accurate to say. But I mean, in terms of what people generally what people understand when you just say like something is handmade versus just let's say uh, you know like robotically made, like you know, like I was saying, like the other end of the spectrum with like a Lamy Safari, you, mm -hmm. there's a there's a dis there's a there's like a much wider degree of let's say like opinion when it comes to something that's like oh well that's a you know it's a like a lower cost price point that's a, it's a mm. cheaper pen but i get mm. it it's because it's it's being like mass manufactured this is something right. that the like an edison is something that you feel has more attention and has mm. more manual components that you could under then understand it's like okay well then i understand why it's considered to be a, a like a like a more uh, a pen that's been more cared for when it comes yeah to sure more human, oh more right. human influenced than yeah a hundred percent it yeah and, 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 and i see and that difference it, go ahead i'm sorry uh, i see that difference too is even in the same factory with lamy um that something that is inexpensive like a safari completely automated process but then something that was with the 2000 walking through the factory and then seeing somebody sanding the 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 outside of a 2000 to get that beautiful like finish and the shape of it and they're they're there like someone is physically there on the belt sander put you know brushing you know doing that that process and that somebody was like working with the gold nibs in the process and then somebody mm -hmm. was hand assembling and using the press to put all the the pieces together and i was like I, I get it. Like I get that there's a lot more detail involved in making the higher end than there is with the the, the more mass commodity type of pens that are at the right, lower right. end of the price point. Yeah, I see. That makes complete sense. I'm actually curious as to know what everybody listening and watching, what you think the definition, because I can't be the only one that is confused with the definition of what handmade is. Write in mm -hmm. pentertainmentpodcast.gmail.com or leave in the comments, what do you think is considered handmade what brands do you think what pen brands do you think are handmade and what brands do you think are not and are there brands out there that claim to be handmade that you believe are not or don't claim it and believe you believe they are but that's it for this week's episode i want to thank everybody for joining us episode number 178 of the penboy roy entertainment podcast uh, thank you for joining us on this discussion on handmade edisons and edison one of my favorite brands in the world love you guys be well be safe stay inky <laughs>